0: Welcome to NAHAM Connections Podcast, Voices in Patient Access. Here, industry experts contribute their voices about popular patient access topics, including career development and leadership, revenue cycle operations, healthcare regulations, and the patient experience. If you like what you hear today, subscribe or leave a review where you listen to podcasts.
1: Hello, and welcome to Episode 14 of the NAHAM Connections Podcast. I'm Morgan Mangara, Managing Editor of Naham's Access Management Journal and Naham Connections and your podcast host. April is Celebrate Diversity Month, and all month long, Naham is engaging in conversations about celebrating diversity within your teams, how to be an ally, and self-care and managing fatigue. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Naham Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Task Force members, Kiowa Grove, Kathy Palazzi, and Scott Wood. Today, we're discussing the importance of allyship within patient access teams and how this presents to the patient. Throughout the episode, we will refer to diversity, equity, and inclusion by its acronym, DEI. So Kiowa, Kathy, and Scott, welcome to the NAHAM Connections podcast. Before diving into our conversation, tell our listeners a bit about yourselves, your career in patient access, and your involvement with NAHAM. Scott, we last heard from you on episode nine of the podcast. Welcome back. Would you like to start and catch us up on how you've been?
2: Sure. My name is Scott Wood. I am the healthcare system manager of patient access for UNC Health, um, specifically with Rex Healthcare and Chatham Hospital. Um, So I've been in patient access, uh, started in 2001 and then went to the, uh, the other side of the revenue cycle for patient accounts to learn that. And then full circle back to patient access, and I've been a manager for the last eight years. Patient access um, has definitely had their challenges with COVID, um, but we're now on the other side. So um, I believe that uh, the teams are, are actually stronger now to, to go through what they have been.
1: Thanks, Scott. Kiowa, how about you? Hi, thanks, Morgan. Um,
3: I am Kiowa Grove. I'm a senior training and development specialist with Spectrum Health in Western Michigan. Uh, I have been a part of the revenue cycle for 11 years now, and specifically involved in patient access for nine. Um, A a shorter name for what I do is I'm an educator and I focus on the front end of the revenue cycle, patient access uh, side of things. Um, I am the Naham Education Committee Chair, and I, I've been a part of Naham for five, five or six years now, um, and it's it's
4: been a great a great time.
1: Thanks, Kiowa and Kathy. Welcome to the podcast.
4: Hi, I'm Kathy Palazzi, Assistant Vice President of Access Services at Albany Medical Center in Upstate New York. I have had a forty-year career in the revenue cycle in health information management, the back-end revenue cycle and I have been with Patient Access since 1998. And most recently, we are embarking on a patient engagement center, a whole separate new department for Albany Medical Center, and we're actually in the throes of that as I do this podcast. So that's been quite exciting. I have had a 15-year time with Nahum in a variety of different capacities. I'll be concluding my time on the board with Nahum uh, this May as past president and conference chair. So it's been an absolutely rich experience. I have met some incredible professionals that will be longtime friends in the patient access profession. So thank you. I'm thrilled to be here today.
1: Thank you all for those introductions. So let's get started. In 2021, the NAHAM Board of Directors developed and adopted a DEI statement, which our listeners can hear more about in episode nine of the podcast. I'll link it in the show notes. As members of Mayhem's DEI Task Force, inclusive efforts must matter to you in your personal and professional lives. Can you each share what drove you to get involved in this initiative? And Scott, would you like to start again?
2: Sure. I'm a firm believer in the need for diversity, equity, and inclusion in all areas, and especially in patient access, where we encounter essentially every patient who interacts with the hospital, patients from every walk of life. I want people to to learn from the negative experiences that I've encountered in hopes that we can become more knowledgeable and then celebrate our differences.
3: Thank you. Kyla? Yeah. So how I got involved in this initiative is kind of a long story, but I'll do a short version here. I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere, and we did not have a lot of culture and diversity surrounding me. Um, And when my little hospital was bought by our larger health system and I became an educator, they said, hey, could you start teaching cultural intelligence and in, in managing unconscious bias? And I looked at them crazy and said, me, I, I don't have any experience and I don't know that I'm the best fit. Uh, gave it a try. And it really did. It was life changing for me learning and talking with people and having people share their experiences with me. So when Naham started to kick this initiative off, I was I was all about it. And I knew I had to be involved in and felt I could help others feel passionate about it, too.
1: That's great. Thanks,
4: Kiowa and Kathy. You know, my plight and my desire to get involved with the group was really around personal and professional. Um, you know, one, I I I don't feel personally that I've done enough for making sure that people really understand DEI. And in part, quite frankly, I think it was my lack of education and knowledge. So I joined this group. One, um, in, in our first kickoff meeting, we agreed that, you know what, we're all learning. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna make mistakes in how we might address something someone, but let's learn. and it really has been an absolute growth experience. From a professional standpoint, you know, to Scott's point, you know patient access, we start the patient experience. Um, and with call centers being really the way that the industry is moving, quite often, we are going to be the first contact. And so how can we create a patient experience um, that is really the basis of respect? And that respect is, you know, appreciating that we, our patient population, come from all walks of life. And it really is part of the reason why I love patient access so much, because we are so incredibly diverse And our ability to uh, interact with our patient population. So I really do feel as though we need to be on the forefront of educating and to Kaiwa's the the presentation that Kiowa has given over the last several years have been awe-inspiring. One, two, extremely uh, very much informative and able to educate from what you're provided. So it was really a no-brainer when asked to be a part of the group. um, And certainly it's been a privilege.
1: Thank you all for sharing those stories and experiences. So today we are focusing on allyship. For those who are starting to incorporate DEI initiatives into their organizations, can one of you define ally and allyship?
2: Being an ally is someone who's an advocate for a marginalized group or minorities that don't always have a voice. Uh, This person doesn't necessarily need to be a member of that group to be an ally. So, again, allyship just means being the advocate, being the voice, and assisting those.
1: That's great. Thanks, Scott, for that background. Kyle or Kathy, do you have anything to add?
4: Well, it, and I think, you know, certainly uh, Scott provided, you know, a very comprehensive overview, but, you know, there's there's an appreciation from an allyship standpoint that allows for how is it that I am going to demonstrate to those that I am Interacting with that, we're all in safe space. It's all good. I'm here to support, to advocate, and to do what's needed for that marginalized group in any way, shape, or form that I feel I have responsibility for.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Anything else to add before I move on?
3: I think it's important when we talk about allyship to really know the, um, you, you know, there are folks out there that certainly are great great advocates for, for minority groups and they, they really see folks struggling, but, but allyship is really taking that a step forward. And I, and I like to think of it as um, there, there's a wonderful podcast and I can't think of the, the lady's name and it'll come to me, something Brown, but she talks about what is the difference between sympathy and empathy. And that is really what kind of sets allyship apart is bringing that empathy factor into it and really taking on the struggles as your own and empathizing with that group. That just takes that allyship that step further.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. So how are each of you in your facilities educating and promoting DEI and allyship among your teams?
4: I'll start with that. You know, it's really, truly been a journey. And our journey started uh, about 18 months ago when we actually uh, committed to a whole department, um, the Office of Health Equity, and we have a chief diversity officer now. Uh, And so with that, it, it opened up avenues of education and discussion and conversation that, quite frankly, wasn't as present. In my day to day, so from a department standpoint, uh, we really started with you know the basics of what is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, We have quarterly staff meetings. There's always a segment on DEI, whether that is a video that prompts discussion. Um, We have a monthly newsletter. There's always a segment in that that teaches another aspect. Uh, we have weekly updates and we actually provide links to different videos, um, whether that's on allyship or an aspect of DEI, so that we're, we're educating and allowing staff to engage based on their comfort. Um, and you know, we now have our uh, pronoun badges. That's a part of things. So we're, we're really broadening the education and the ability to have education at your fingertips for all our staff. And we're saying, you know what, it's okay to talk about this. So we're it's through quarterly staff meetings, newsletters, discussions. Um, and then we also have a segment that is issued on a weekly basis from our Office of Health Equity um, around different aspects of social issues. And so we're getting educated in that way.
3: And very, very similar uh, to Kathy for Spectrum Health. Uh, We have a department, our uh, DEI department, and uh, we put, every group has a newsletter, every department has a newsletter at Spectrum Health, and we always add a section for DEI in in those. Uh, DEI has been incorporated in huddles and in core meetings. Um, And then, of course, we have a mandatory training for all of our team members for cultural intelligence and managing unconscious bias. So we have a lot of employees and, um, you know, it's gonna take a long time to get everyone that training, Um, but it is our commitment, Spectrum Health's commitment to have every one of our team members take that.
2: My experience is very similar for UNC Health. We have the Department of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion. I'm also a member of the diversity training team, uh, specifically facilitating dealing with differences and LGBTQ awareness. We have a newsletter that goes out. We also have mandatory training for unconscious bias and um, cultural education. For me, of course, you know, education is key. Making sure that people are more comfortable, you know, exposing um, themselves to different cultures so that they have a better understanding. So for my department, uh, we are very diverse, and uh, we have really worked on different ways to, to celebrate that.
1: Thank you all. It sounds like DEI is really playing um, a prominent role in your organizations. After two years apart, the NAHAM Annual Conference is back in person May 10th through 13th in San Diego. We are thrilled to safely gather to collaborate, provide advice, share new trends and technology, and embrace the future of patient access together. Plus, you have the opportunity to earn 40 NAHAM-approved contact hours. Can't join us in person? You can still participate by purchasing the Learning Lab On Demand package, granting you access to 24 learning labs and 30 hours toward your certification. For more information on how to attend, the schedule of events, and how to register, visit naham.org slash Naham 2022 annual conference. We'll see you in May. So how could patient access professionals at all levels of their organization be effective allies to their colleagues?
4: What I will offer there is, you know, providing, you know, a space that one appreciates differences um, and being open to different conversations, you know, to, to demonstrate um, that empathy, to demonstrate that allyship to say, you know, I'm in support of, to be able to, to speak out. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, anyone needs to, uh, you know, get on a quote unquote soapbox, but I, I think what's important is that it becomes a part of our conversations daily so that it is, it's comfortable. Um, I think that people shy away uh, from allyship or shy away from having discussion for fear um, of, you know, saying something wrong, um, not being educated in uh, how to discuss, how to ask for someone's pronoun if they don't have a badge. You know, it's it's really simple things um, like that, that I feel as though is important across all of of our interactions as
2: professionals, I agree. You know, like I said earlier, education is key. Um, getting to know people really, and getting to know people that are very different than yourselves, and having conversations with them, being open and honest. And um, like Kathy said, I think so many people are just so scared of offending someone. Where most people, you know, if if you do mess up, especially like with pronouns, if you just apologize and move on. Don't make a big deal of it. Um, I think that people are so much more reasonable um, and understanding when things like that do happen. So just getting to a, a better comfort level is so important.
3: Yeah, I echo Scott, you know, just the act of educating yourself shows your colleagues that you're invested in learning and understanding Definitely, uh, you know, something that I think we all could use a little more of, too, is conflict management. So like Scott and Kathy have both said, you know, we're, we're so afraid of offending someone um, that we don't talk about it. Um, and then, so how do we have those crucial conversations when something like that arises and that shows that, you know, we are we we do empathize with our colleagues, our patients, um, and and educate me and, and teach me in a constructive way, right? So that we're both kind of learning from the experience.
1: Absolutely. I'm hearing that education piece, that raising your voice piece, that, you know, just getting to know each other piece. That's very important. Thanks for sharing. So can you each share an example of how you've been an ally or witnessed allyship on your teams, or maybe even in a patient-facing experience?
4: Well, I, I have an example that is certainly not a shining moment. But this happened, oh, probably uh, more than five years ago now. So, you know, certainly uh, early (laughs) in this concept of DEI and I had um, two women come to a registration site uh, with their daughter Um, and, uh, you know, obviously married and the daughter is like, these are my mom's. Um, And unfortunately, or fortunately, the registrar requested a a copy of the marriage license. Um, And so it certainly provided, and and I happened to be there, so it just provided an opportunity for me to say, that's not necessary. Um, You know, congratulations. And, you know, certainly chatted with the little one a little bit. And you could see where uh, they, what was certainly an affront Um, you could see their demeanor change certainly softened when there was that, okay, you know, we're gonna kind of take care of this, we're okay. Um, we move on but what it provided for and this is the fortunate part right and that is an error was made um, and certainly certainly not anything that uh, we supported or promoted and that is to say you know if a man and a woman presented with their child would you be asking for a marriage certificate and of course the answer is no that's not a standard data set uh, or document that's requested and so it It really provided a moment of education for that staff member, Um, but we did take advantage of that at that moment to really start introducing, and as I stated, that was more than five years ago, and that is really making sure that we are appreciating the societal changes in here. I mean, at that point, um, marriage had been passed in New York State. And so it was an opportunity to have a discussion that opened up minds um, and certainly um, and people did and were able to express, you know, their lack of understanding and wanting more information. So those are the moments that, you know, I think, Scott, you mentioned You know, if you make an error, apologize, you move on. Um, This obviously was more of an affront just because of the circumstances. And of course, it was, you know, at a a more busier registration area for check-in. But it it just provided we took a situation that certainly was not who we are um, and made it an opportunity to educate so it didn't occur again.
2: I had a similar situation. Um, we had a patient who presented with a a name and different gender identity than was presented on the photo ID, and we had a patient access intake specialist who was registering this person into the emergency department and was hardcore adamant on following the patient name policy, but did not explain the policy to the patient. So. Um, Seeing some back and forth, another uh, intake specialist jumped in, assisted the one registering the patient, explained the patient, you know, the policy, and that we would use the SOGI information and preferred name, explaining that to the patient, they, they understood the need. Um, they understood how needing specific information to make sure that their insurance was filed and billed correctly um, and without error. Um, They were very understanding with that, but the fact that we were going to use their preferred name and their preferred pronouns, um, the patient was so much more comfortable. So sometimes it's just having someone to have the knowledge um, on why we do the processes, but also making sure that we explain to the patient and make sure that they are comfortable and know that we are an accepting and open place for them to seek care
3: back when I was a registrar myself uh, in patient access and working in the emergency department uh, where I live in Big Rapids, Michigan, we have a university Ferris state university uh, and we have a large population of Saudi Arabian families that come and attend Ferris while they're getting their, their degree. And oftentimes uh, they're because of their insurance restrictions they have to come into the emergency department for for what we would go to a doctor's office for. So uh, we would often get our Saudi Arabian patients, and um, with a heavy accent and um, difficult language barrier to overcome, and sometimes. Um, so really, I stepped in and kind of became the person that would always register them because I would stop and 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 get to know them. And really um, think of creative ways to get past that language barrier um, and have a real conversation with them without saying what and how huh and uh, uh, frequently. Uh, and I I really learned a lot about a culture uh, that at the time, because this was some some years ago, um, probably about 10 years ago, at the time the Muslim culture was um, not really was getting kind of a lot of flack in the in the news. Um, And so they were being kind of distanced away for that factor. And I I learned a lot and, and I hope that I inspired other registrars to kind of stop and slow down and put a little bit more effort into other diverse groups.
1: Thank you all for sharing those examples, those experiences, those learning opportunities. That's so valuable. And I'm sure that your colleagues will listen to this and hopefully be thinking of their own and, you know either what they've succeeded at and what could be an opportunity for improvement in the future. So as we know, allyship can impact both your staff teams and the patients you support, much like the examples you just shared. How does embodying allyship create a greater patient experience?
2: So I believe it creates a better patient experience by spreading awareness, adding a level of comfort to interacting uh, with people who are very different than us. Um, we're able to interact in a way where we remain respectful and courteous. And for my smaller hospital, it's such a tight knit community that everyone knows everyone and everyone talks. So if we are, uh, providing that excellent patient experience for people that are very different, um, in such a diverse community, they're going, they're going to be aware of that. They're going to be more comfortable seeking care. Um, and of course, with that, um, they're going to, to tell their friends or family, and that just, that news spreads so, so greatly.
4: You know, I, I think to piggyback a bit on what Scott offered, when we think about what we do as patient access professionals, and I have said this to my team, I, I don't even know how many times, it is such an incredible privilege of what our patients trust. There's this trust fear, it's probably, it's, it's fear-based trust, I think, because we have our patients coming in for fill in the number of issues that our patients may present with. And I've said, you know, many times that patient has not even shared what's going on with themselves, with their family. So now they're walking in, sharing some personal details about themselves to a stranger And imagine the vulnerability. We've all been patients. You are in a very, even though we know our field, you sit in a vulnerable spot. And so the more that we as access professionals can educate, can provide a, a, and I I use the word safe, and I'm not sure it's the the best because it makes it sound like it was unsafe, but it's a, it's an open accepting environment. You know, this adage of being able to see yourself in the place that you're walking into and feeling as though someone has you, that they've got your back, you're going to be okay. Think about that aspect of now someone who is walking in as a gay woman transgendered, Saudi Arabian, uh, you know, Muslim, fill in African-American, fill in that part of my sentence and think about what we can offer to put them at ease. So the only thing that they have to quote unquote, worry about, be concerned about is themselves, their care, providing accurate information, being engaged in the care, listening to what we are asking, having them understand why we need the information in a compassionate, empathetic way, and not with this wall of, of concern that I, as the patient am not going to be accepted for fill in the blank. I, I you know, I feel as though allyship, is one of part of the key part of our educating our team so that we can provide the most comfortable, compassionate, empathetic experience possible for that patient and their family.
3: How do you follow that? Kathy hit the nail on the head, right? And I I think allyship goes a little bit deeper than patient experience, but it, it, it really affects our health equality, you know, it, just think about if you live in a community where you feel that you're not accepted, and now you have a health issue, and you're afraid to go to your community hospital because you're afraid of uh, of not being accepted. That's part of our health equity crisis in America.
1: Thank you all for sharing those empathetic and welcoming perspectives. Much appreciated there.
0: Looking to grow your skill set and stature within patient access profession? Consider NAHAMS Certified Healthcare Access Associate or Certified Healthcare Access Manager. The only patient access certifications that meet NCCA standards. Showcase your knowledge, problem-solving abilities, and dedication to your career by becoming Naham Certified. Visit na dot org to learn more.
1: So all throughout April, Naham has been sharing resources for diversity, equity, and inclusion um, from self-care to allyship to celebrating diversity with your patients and your teams. Um, But what resources do you recommend for patient access professionals who are ready to create a more inclusive workplace through allyship?
2: For me, I would recommend researching the Naham Connections. There are articles full of information in respect to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, two of the articles that I really like um, are, uh, the first one is Kathy's article on how are leadership teams uplifting DEI in their organization. And another is Transgender, a new awareness of gender identity within healthcare registration. Um, those two have been extremely helpful for my team.
4: You know, from a NAHAM standpoint, you know, our DEI toolkit continues to be built out. Um, You know, when we embarked on the DEI task force, you know, we we came together, as I stated earlier, open minds. Our first meeting, oh my gosh, we just, uh, we were just so excited to be able to embark on this. And so what we actually did was certainly our, you know, looking at the DEI toolkit, pulling that out of the patient experience so that we had a dedicated tool that people could go to um, and begin to educate. There's certainly articles to Scott's point, but there are also links to different YouTube videos and different books that are suggested, and it just gives a starting point. And I think that's what's most important about any of the toolkits, but for sake of this, the DEI kit, uh, toolkit provides a starting point for you as the manager, as the educator, as the leader, to start a conversation, to start in the smallest of ways of providing an avenue to open up discussion. So I, I, I'm a very strong proponent of, of toolkits. So the DEI toolkit is where I'm going to uh, offer everyone go.
3: There is a really awesome guide, and Kathy is correct. The DEI toolkit is fantastic, and I hope you all check it out. But an additional resource that, it, that we use at Spectrum Health um, that's worth a good checkout is Guide to Allyship and it's an, a starter guide to help people become more thoughtful and effective when it comes to allyship. And it's a really simple URL. It's guide to allyship.com. So it's pretty easy to remember. There is some licensing that you'll need for that, but it is a, it is a good tool um, and worth checking out.
1: Excellent. Thanks for sharing those resources. And to those listening who are eager to get started, uh, these will all be linked in the show notes. So please check them out. And as we wrap up our conversation, what is one small step listeners can take today to adopt a more inclusive mindset in their daily work?
2: Educate yourself. <laughs> educate your staff. <laughs> um, celebrate your differences within your team and make sure your team is diverse as, as diverse as possible.
3: That's funny. I was gonna I was gonna joke, Morgan. I was you know what we're gonna say. Well, educate, educate, educate. <laughs> <laughs> Great advice.
4: Yeah, I, I they, that's just the way to go. You know, uh, you one becomes more comfortable as they uh, educate themselves and start the conversation, start in the simplest of ways. And, you know, even with, you know, I mentioned that we now have, we have pronoun badges and people are like, why do I need that? Why? You know, and it was and why, why? But you know what? It's an outward sign that we're accepting. It's okay, because, and it's as simple as a pronoun badge. Adding your, you know, pronouns to your emails shows one small way of saying, you know, we are here to support all. Uh, and so I, it just educate. And again, I will certainly put the, uh, you know, a shameless plug in for the DEI toolkit. But what I will say to you is that it's a good tool. And there are a wealth of YouTube videos that are not long in length, but I, all I'm saying in a long winded way is the same thing that Scott said and Kiowa said, and that is educate, educate, educate. And when you haven't educated enough, educate again. Um, and so hopefully, you know, today provides some opportunity to start some conversation. Um, and it's okay to make a mistake and don't let the fear of making a mistake, stop your journey of being educated to diversity, equity, inclusion, to allyship, and how to create a, a, a training program for our access professionals that are fit, you know, interfacing phone and face-to-face with our patients so that our patients have a wonderful, strong healthcare experience, one that is definitely seen as inclusive and supportive.
1: That is great advice. Thank you, all three of you for sharing that and reinforcing the importance of education and with uh, all of the wonderful resources that Naham provides, plus all of the thought leadership the three of you shared today. I think our listeners are heading in the right direction to bring more inclusivity into their workplace. So Kiowa, Kathy, and Scott, thank you so much for joining us today to discuss the importance of allyship in patient access. And thank you to the Nayham DEI Task Force for their work in leading this initiative across our membership.
4: Thank you, Morgan.
1: Thank you, thank you. Thank you. The conversation continues on Naham Connections. For more content specific to diversity, equity, and inclusion, visit naham.org slash nahamconnections. That's n-a-h-a-m dot org slash n-a-h-a-m connections. For Naham members who are seeking DEI education and training, visit naham.org slash DEI toolkit to explore the plethora of resources available, curated especially for patient access professionals. That's n-a-h-a-m dot org slash d-e-i toolkit. Plus, NAHAM members can access a library of on-demand education featuring a breadth of trending topics. Visit naham.org slash webinars on demand to start learning. Not a member, but interested in taking advantage of these valuable resources? Join NAHAM to arm yourself with community knowledge and resources as you face obstacles in your daily work. Naham offers the year-round education and knowledge you need to help navigate the unexpected. Visit naham.org slash membership to become a member. Thank you to everyone listening today. Until next time.